It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop. And welcome once again to another Tucson Means Business on Business Radio X, broadcasting live from the Stewart Title Corporate Offices, Stewart Title and Trust here on Broadway. And of course, brought to us by the ever-loyal 49ers Golf and Country Club. Lee D. Lambert, J.D., well, a U.S. Army veteran, and he was born in Seoul, North Korea. He grew up on three continents, graduated from high school in the Olympia, Washington area. Welcome, Lee. Nice to be here, Mark. Thank you. It sounds fascinating growing up on three continents, was it? Oh, uh, absolutely. And in hindsight, I'm very grateful to have had those experiences. Do you have a, uh, shall we say, a favorite location of all of them? <laughs> well, well, from a continent standpoint, yes, but not in that same time frame. Okay. Uh, so uh, graduating from undergraduate school, uh, about six months in, I, I went to Japan and stayed in a city, uh, Miyazaki City, and it's right there on the coast, mm-hmm. and just a beautiful place at that time. I don't know if it's still as untouched as it was when I was there. Right. It, it, you know, I've got to ask you, did you learn Japanese? Uh, j- just a little bit. A little bit? <laughs> okay. Well, needless to say, you were uh, from a military family. Absolutely. So t- tell us a little bit about your family. Well, so so my, my father uh, is from North Carolina, and he joined the the service uh, as a way to get away from the, the craziness of the times uh, back in the, the 40s and the 50s. And um, so he eventually met my mother in in uh, in Seoul, South Korea area. And and then I spent you know the better part of my life uh, as a uh, army brat. And so <laughs> you know that constant change. Yes. You know you're somewhere a year, two years, three years, and then mm-hmm. you're moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's a little unsettling. Because uh, you make friends and then you uproot and then have to go make another set of friends. Well, it is. It is indeed. And I can relate to that. Um, uh, my dad uh, had uh, uh, gone in the war. So uh, okay. I was brought up with my grandparents and my mom. And my grandfather's hobby was buying old homes and oh, doing them all up and right. moving on again, unfortunately. So I was yanked out of this school and put into <laughs> that one and into this one. And then finally I went to boarding school. So at least I was in one spot for a while. Right. But I can relate to that. You make new friends and you uproot, you go, you're gone again. How did you eventually settle in Washington? Uh, so my father had decided that his last duty station he wanted it to be in Fort Lewis, Washington, because that's where he first started his uh, service in the Army. And he really liked the area, the hunting, the fishing, the mountains, the water. And so he always wanted to get back there. And that's how we ended up there. I'm talking with Lee Lambert, J.D. He's the uh, the big shot there, the chancellor at uh, Pima Community College, in case you didn't know. We're going to find out a lot today. They're, they're doing great guns. Uh, now, it's there that you graduated from uh, the Evergreen State College, right? That's Olympia, correct. That's correct. Uh, Washington. Now, you earned, um, you're not silly, not one, but a couple of degrees, right? Correct. Very good. You want to tell us about those? So, so I received my uh, Bachelor's of Arts and Liberal Arts from the Evergreen State College, and I'm very uh, proud to have gone there. It's a different kind of place. It's not your traditional uh, four-year college experience. How so? Uh, one, uh, there were no grades. 
Oh. So, so you were actually assessed against what you were actually learning. And so they didn't grade you based on you compared to other people. And I'll come back to that point here okay. shortly. Sure, yeah. uh, it was really about where you are and what have you learned and grown over the time you were there. So that was one of the, the major changes. Another important change there was everything was interdisciplinary. Uh, so you didn't study a history class, a sociolo sociology class, an English class. Everything was integrated into a focus around a problem statement. Mm. So, for example, uh, one of my programs was the Paradox of Progress. And, and so that was an interesting class. And you looked at it from a, a scientific standpoint, a mathematical standpoint, a literary standpoint, a political standpoint. And, and so you really got to see how, real how all these different disciplines actually come to solve a problem. And so it, over time, you're conditioned to realize when you're looking at a problem, mm -hmm. you got to look at it from different lenses. And so I know from a team standpoint, I need to have different people with different perspectives in the room to help us think through and solve problems. That was just a natural part of the learning. What a uh, fabulous way. It uh, sounds like a terrific way of learning. Uh, uh, except for that never became the standard in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. How about it now? If you had a chance to wave the old magic wand and you could, but would you do that? I think it's part of how things need to be going forward. It's okay. not obviously the silver bullet. I don't think there is a silver bullet. No. Uh, that was more like a graduate level experience uh, at the undergraduate level. In, in many ways. And then I went on to law school at uh, what became Seattle University, mm -hmm. a school of law, and that's my reference back to the grading piece. So at, at, uh, at, at my law school, uh, I remember uh, very early on, one of our professors said, look to your left, look to your right. Uh, one of you won't be here next year. And so there's that quick realization that you are being compared to your peers and you will be grade, graded accordingly. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so obviously, I was one of the ones who got to stay. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's like, I don't know that's the best way to encourage learning and growth and development. Well, no, <laughs> we, we talk about making friends and having to uproot and leave. Here you go with one other side, and you don't know if you're going to be around. Right, you right. know what I mean? Yes, yes. Now, rumor has it you really appreciate the lifelong value that a liberal arts education provides. And now, of course, for thousands of your students, tell us more about that, Lee, if you would. What, what does a liberal arts education give? Uh, so I think it goes back to what I touched on earlier, the ability to think more critically about uh, problems or ability to think more critically about the dilemmas. And you realize, at least through my liberal arts uh, education and training, there isn't a single solution, but a range of options that address the problem, knowing that that problem, you might address it for now, but doesn't mean you've addressed it forever either. And, and so, so I think that liberal arts foundation, that critical thinking, uh, being exposed to many different points of view as a way to think through have, have been very invaluable for me. And I think couple that with my legal education, mm -hmm. and, then, and then that put me in a, in a great place to be uh, a, a critical thinker and a problem solver and really someone who appreciates all the different aspects of life to understand that, that literature is an important part of, uh, of our society, that the arts are an important part of our society. Those are important aspects of a liberal arts uh, uh, education and experience. You've also believed, too, that community colleges, such as Pima, uh, they're, well, they are uniquely positioned to address 
uh, systematic educational and economic inequity. Oh, absolutely. So I, I, I typically will talk about the community college as being the hub of the wheel. What other organization in a community has a 360 touch to just about every facet of the community in a very deep, meaningful, engaging way like a community college? And, and so, so, so that's where I start from, from thinking of it that way. And I realize it, it, it's all about community and how do we make sure we add value Mm-hmm. as a community college in terms of what our mission is and how we help not only prepare folks to, to transfer to the university, but also to prepare folks to go directly into the workplace and that they have the relevant skills to succeed in either pathway. Well, of course, in the old days, you know, and I'll be upfront about this, I mean, uh, it wasn't the thing, uh, it was downplayed a little to go to community college, you know, it wasn't, yes. it wasn't the la-di-da of going to do a four-year degree at university. But I tell you what, in the world that's come about now, I wish to God there were more people and trades and more other, you know, experienced, good students who have gone to community college right. to learn these different facets. We'd be in a better position, I think. No, I mean, there's no doubt. If you if you go back to uh, uh, the the book that Thomas Friedman wrote, uh, 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 the world is flat, and he talks about anchored jobs, and those anchored jobs are the jobs you can't you know transport or export mm-hmm. uh, to other places, and you, and then you fast forward to today and you bring it all together and say, you know, that's your plumber. That's your automotive technician. That's that person who works on your airplane. That's that person that's putting that needle in you to draw your blood. That's that person sitting by you uh, when you're uh, uh, in the hospital uh, uh, laying in bed. It's that nurse, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those middle-tier jobs, that, that's the glue that holds us all together. And, and that goes through your community college. That's yeah. That's in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot of lawyers walking the streets. I can tell you in Australia. <laughs> uh, never mind. You know, there's more more to life than just those, right? Absolutely. But you've been Chancellor of Pima Community College now since July what 2013. Correct. That's uh, seven going on eight years now. Yes. Would it be fair to say that throughout your community college career, you've been an innovator in what they call connecting industry? and community colleges in order to revitalize communities through educational opportunity in an age marked by, well, let's face it, rapid technological and demographical change. Um, So I I think of it this way. We only exist because the state has created us to serve a purpose. And that purpose is to meet the needs of, of our respective communities. And then when you start thinking of it that way, in order to do that, you have to remain relevant to whatever is changing around you. And a big part of our community are, are the, the businesses, the employees who go work for those businesses. So we have to adapt to that. And so if that makes me innovative, then, then I'll, 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 I'll be glad to uh, be called that. Uh, because if you follow where industry is going, you're naturally going to adapt. And that adaptation I guess, can make you be innovative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some cases, a lot of businesses probably look to us to help them understand where things are going because they don't always have the capability to keep pace. And in a community like here where we don't have a lot of major businesses, uh, a lot of our businesses are small, medium. They mm-hmm. really turn to us because we have the connection to those larger companies mm-hmm. uh, through just the work that we do now at Pima Community College. So, so it's a it's a reciprocal system, and and I I like to liken it to it's really an ecosystem. 
and we're one part of that ecosystem. Well, let's talk about um, Pima Community College, a public two-year college here in Tucson, Arizona, because this show goes all over the place, uh, serving more than 40,000 students a year on five campuses, uh, multiple centers, and of course now online. Yes. So, you know, Pima Community College is one of the largest multi-campus community colleges in the U.S. And, uh, I mean, are these students spread all over southern Arizona? Are they just local, or what's what's the percentages? Uh, I mean, obviously, the highest concentration is right here in the greater Tucson area. And then we start to touch into the other parts of southern Arizona, and occasionally we get folks coming outside of the region. Some folks will come to us. I mean, we're talking a few percentages of individuals. But thanks to our online, thanks to the partnerships we, we have with our online programming, we're touching people in a multi-state region as well. What about overseas? Uh, and so we, yes, the, the, the model set up for us to touch people overseas, but that primarily happens for, for, because individuals are coming to Tucson to come to Pima. Yes, of course. Right. Yeah, and right. just getting ahead of the game sort of thing. Yes. You offer a, a, a two-year transfer degree uh, to serve students wanting to transfer into uh, a baccalaureate program. Correct. As well as a wide range of technical programs. Let's, let's touch on those if we can. Right. right. So, so the, the, the vast majority of what we do is that university transfer uh, program, for lack of a better way to describe it. Most students who come to Pima, they come to us with the intent to transfer to the university. Our largest university partner is the University of Arizona. No surprise, you know, we're, we're, we both are located here in Tucson, Arizona, so it makes sense, right? And then we have students who go on to ASU or go on to NAU. AS who? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I, I've never heard Those of that. folks up oh, north, right? Oh, <laughs> okay. the rednecks up there in the hills, I got you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and, 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 then, and then we have, you know, another segment of our population who come to us for uh, the, the training to go work directly in industry. So you have folks who come to us, for example, to be a nurse uh, or someone to become a dental hygienist or someone who wants to go work on that aircraft. Well, I'm going to say it's pretty diverse. You've got aviation. Let's just let's take aviation as an example. Um, what sort of divisions in aviation, not pilots? Right, right. But mechanics, engineering? So, so we have what we call airframe and power plant. So that's like the, the main program there where you're going to be maintaining and servicing aircraft. That's terrific. Uh, that's uh, a career. I mean, and, and, and up until the pandemic, that was a very hot job. Yeah. And I would say, you know, that still is the case because even though a lot of these planes aren't up in the air, they still have to be serviced. Oh, my they still word. have to be maintained. The back work that's uh, got to be done now right. with, with, through the darn COVID. And so, but we know COVID's going to come to an end. And then, and then what this time is allowing us to do is start to make inroads to the skills gap from the standpoint of all the retirements that were happening and will continue to happen that's going to leave a lot of uh, workforce gaps in that uh sector of our economy mm -hmm. uh so so that's that's why that's a big big investment for us and thanks to the governor and the legislature they made a 15 million dollar investment supported by the businesses in this community this is from the feds uh no this is from the state of arizona uh our governor and our legislature approved a 15 million dollar investment to exp to double the size of mm. our current facility which are going to allow us to go from serving about 150 individuals a year to about 300 individuals a year. Right, okay. And there's another, we'll talk on the commercial one a little bit later as well. There's right. another one that you've done well this year considering, haven't you? Uh, absolutely. But, <laughs> but I think if you, if you are listening to your community, 
and you're being responsive to the needs of your community and you see where that those opportunities are and you've developed the right relationships you never know what special things can happen no you can't so aviation we talked about framing and and no doubt electrical that would come involved that's with that's an element well. of it yes terrific trades back now what about automotive technology so, so automotive, uh, you know, it's one of those exciting areas. Uh, and and if you don't mind, uh, give me a, just a couple of minutes to explain this. Of course, this. that's what you uh, need to do. Uh, so, when I first interviewed here, one of the things I asked was I wanted to go tour the automotive program at Pima Community College, and and the reason why I did that was, I said to myself, that will tell me everything about the the district's commitment to workforce training. So I walk into the automotive center. And it is nothing like the one of my former institution. It's a fraction of the size. It doesn't have the partnerships with General Motors or Toyota or Honda or Ford. And the list goes on. It, it was just an automotive program. Mm -hmm. Things all piled and jumbled up on top of each other. And I said, I can bring something of value to help turn this around. And that, so that, so I saw that as an opportunity, not as something to say, oh. Oh, no way. I don't want to be no, here. No, of course not. Uh, and no. so I'm so pleased to say, That's thanks good. to the support of our board, thanks to the partnerships and relationships we built with the auto community here in Tucson and greater southern Arizona, we're getting ready to uh, 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 do a ribbon cutting on our new almost 50,000 square foot Automotive Technology Center at our downtown campus. Oh wow, uh, and, that's and, exciting! And, isn't and, it? And, oh, absolutely, and it's going to integrate the latest uh, technologies as part of the training, and and so uh, McKinsey calls it ASIS, uh, McKinsey Global Institute. ASIS meaning Autonomous Kinetic Electrical Share. That's where the vehicle technology is going, mm -hmm. and Pima is positioning itself to be there as part of that transformation, working with the dealership network, right. working with the independent network, because we know today's car and the future car is going to become more and more autonomous, more and more electrical, more more and more connected. Uh, and so we have to prepare folks for that reality. Well, not only that, you're going to be ahead of the game. You want to know how? Uh, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> not only will you be able to build cars, but you'll be able to fly them. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true, right? <laughs> In fact, uh, uh, you know, uh, I sent an article out recently to my staff about uh, the work that's being done in Seoul, of all places, where they're already envisioning, they already piloted a flying car. Yeah, I've seen a couple. Uh, it's amazing. And, yeah. and they're creating the lanes in the sky oh, and all God. of that stuff, Heavens right? Above. Listen, we haven't got used to these <laughs> non-driver cars yet on the yeah, yes. road. Now we're up in the air as well. It's amazing, right? Oh, my uh, God, I tell you what. Exciting time for the youth I, I, for tomorrow. I, I'm waiting to be in Mandalorian. If I don't know if you've ever seen Mandalorian, you know, one of those Disney Star Wars oh, yeah. uh, things. And they have those hovercrafts that you just hop in and you just go. Hovercrafts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I'd love to have one of those, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> i got a buddy that manufactures them in Australia, and they are a marvelous craft. They yeah, really yes. are above the water. But uh, that's that's exciting. Good on you. Well done. I mean, uh, you saw a challenge. Yes. Some would say, oh, my God, not for me. This isn't what I want. You know, too hard. Right. Too hard, basket. I'm off. But no, no. Not, uh, not Mr. Lee. And in he goes. So building trades is another key. I mean, what do we touch on there? What areas there? So, so as we go through and start to remake the district, uh, one of the facilities that we're emptying out is where the current auto program is, and our machining programs in there, our welding programs, they're all going to come out, 
and we're going to remodel that whole facility and turn it into our, our, our center of excellence for applied technology with an emphasis on building construction technologies. Wow. Going to go into and, and so to a point where you know, people can build buildings within buildings. And, and, but we also recognize where the building uh, construction tr- uh, is going is more automation. I mean, they, you, you have robots now who can do, um, um, uh, I, I forget the, the, the term, but the, oh, the sheetrock. Mm-hmm. You have robots who can put up the sheetrock no, now. I know. It's getting uh, scary. It's I, getting scary, I, right? I happened to watch an interview last night with uh, uh, Rogan and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tesla fella. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yes. Elon Musk. Thank you. And uh, artificial intelligence is around the globe. Well, it's already here. It's here. It's here. But the future, you've got to teach these kids. But, you know, right. Uh, when I think about it, um, Tucson has always lost a lot of good talent because of jobs, because of careers, just trying to get ahead. What's the use of going to university, working your guts out right. to get a degree if you can't really utilize it here? You've right. got to go somewhere else to do it, right? Right. And with what you're doing with you know, the Pima Community College, if you're working hand-in-hand with business – and the other side of the scale is where we're trying to get better business to come to Tucson. Right. I mean, the Chamber, uh, Metro Chamber, does a marvelous job of that, trying to bring business mm-hmm. here, right? Right. And now you're going to be able to supply talent right. already trained, already done. Absolutely. And hopefully we keep a lot more, you know, youth here. I mean, when you talk to site selectors, you talk to companies who are looking to locate here or even expand here, you know, one of the key pieces is talent. And 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 I know that And roads. <laughs> and, and, well and roads too, right? <laughs> Especially here in the in in the in the hot sun, right? No, no, but but uh, talent is number one. Uh, key t- is number one. Uh, talent's key for, for everybody and 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 I know that it, that we play a special role in that. And that's why I come back to the hub and the wheel piece, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we do our part that's going to allow Sun Corridor, allow the chambers, the other business organizations, allow the county and the city to promote that you come here, you're going to get your talent needs met because we have a community college who will work with you to deliver on your needs. And and because we, we have the talent here, we just need to, to polish that talent, sharpen it up, make sure we reskill, we upskill folks, mm-hmm. and, and we can be competitive. See, the, the thing you've got, the luck you've got is being, well, not luck, the, the tenacity and the, uh, the smarts that you've got as the college is you find out directly from the workforce itself. You find out from the businesses yes. what they want, where they're heading, what they need. And you can, uh, you can uh, you know, accordingly train to that. Right. This is the thing. I mean, the college also enjoys a partnership with adult basic education, uh, to serve those students preparing for the GED in adult literacy and citizenship mm-hmm. uh, courses. Do you have a, a good success in, in that arena as well? Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, our adult uh, basic education for college and career program, it's, it's one of the best in the country. Is it really? Uh, and w- we just got recognized uh, by the U.S. Department of Labor uh, as a top five program. And, and what they have done is is really integrated themselves to the larger part of what we do at the college uh, and and created a program what we call as IBES integrated basic education skills training connect it to a college uh, program and then integrate uh, ability to benefit and then all the wraparound supports and what we're getting out of some of these uh, partnerships uh, is 
students over the last five years completing not only their GED, mm-hmm. but getting their uh, college level certificate and, 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 and going on to better opportunities in their lives. And for five consistent years, those students who go through adult basic education, college and career, are outperforming students who graduate with their high school diploma. Wow. Um, so what does that say? That, that we have a lot of talent that if we just provided the right environment for, mm-hmm. can, can flourish. And, and, and we're proving that point at Pima Community The sky's College. the limit. Sky's the limit. To be able to transfer credits to a university, I mean, it's a good thing. But I wonder, Lee, when you consider the cost of a four-year degree and the time taken, and never mind the fact that many students haven't a clue of what they want uh, as a career, the community college looks enticing, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, we are the best value uh, in the whole uh, educational ecosystem. But it goes beyond that. I mean, I, I went. To, I had a chance to go to Germany and Switzerland, and uh, uh, not this past summer, but the summer before, I went to Switzerland, and and I saw the model that they had built. And, and if and as, as as you probably know, the Swiss are the number one uh, country for skills development. Well, there's a reason for that. They've built an incredible system of apprenticeship. And so this apprenticeship pathway that starts in eighth grade mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and goes all the way up through a master's level degree, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and then they have their university track that goes all the way up to a doctorate degree. So when the students are making those decisions in middle school, this is why middle school is so important. Right. Seventy um, percent, over 70 percent of students and parents are choosing the apprenticeship track over the university track. So they so they're already starting them out in a way to be successful. And then what's happening is the university track kids realize, I want to get a job. I want to get it earlier. They cross over to the apprenticeship track. But it's so flexible. If I want to move from the apprenticeship track to the university, I can do that too. Why can't we build a model like that here in the United well, States? Well, I think it's very much keeping up with the Joneses or it's, a, or it's one of these psychological things of, you know, look, I want you to be a doctor, son. I want you to be a lawyer, mom. You know, mom asked this or that. And traditionally... One of the big ones, this and that. You know, I maybe the Swiss spend a lot more time really figuring out what the kid wants, right? And and, and what his attributes or her attributes would be, and, and what the community needs, right? Okay, uh, what I the mean, community I mean, needs as know, well. I mean, I'm a lawyer, but we don't need a bunch of lawyers. No. Uh, so so. Uh, no, there's too many thieves out there as it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now let me ask you this, my friend. The college, um, well, okay. What's the impact of this Prop 481, I mean, which was just approved overwhelmingly by voters? What's the impact for you? Well, what, what it's going to do is going to give us the flexibility to use the taxpayer's current investment in a more flexible way for our operational side of the, of the college. Uh, and so now these programs that you know, I just touched on, we've touched on in this conversation, it's going to allow me to sustain investments. So they don't become one-time investments that die, but become one-time investments that we can continue to grow. So aviation is a classic example of that. Mm-hmm. We're also going to, you know, automotive is another classic example of that. Our healthcare areas, uh, you know, the Brown Foundation just made a generous gift to the college, and so we're going to create uh, cyber-physical systems. We're, we're going to create a drone program. That was the initial investment to get that going. Now with the flexibility of prop. 481. We're going to have the dollars to sustain those investments. Cool. That's why that's why that's well, critical. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Gee. So, what is the status of Pima's centers of excellence? How how will they benefit the community? 
Uh, so let me first talk about what is a center. And first and foremost, a center is a mindset. It's a mindset that says, I want to be best in class. I want to be excellent. That's the standard I'm holding myself to. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a mindset. And then you create a system that reinforces the mindset. So we're going to make sure that things are tied to industry-recognized credentials, industry-recognized standards. Okay. Uh, so that's another important – that we provide the professional development so our faculty are prepared to deliver on those high-caliber cal standards. And then we're having our faculty and students learn on the latest technology tools. So they're not learning on some old machine. They're learning on the current technologies of, of today and that our curriculum stays relevant so that so consistent with those standards, being informed in collaboration with business and industry. Uh, so you take some of those. There's other pieces. That's, that's what a center is about. And, and then, and then you've got have, gotta to have the right spacing for something. So I go back to the automotive piece. Mm -hmm. And Pima had automotive technology in less than 15,000 square foot. My former institution, uh, I'll, I'll say arguably, I would say we were the leading automotive service technician training program in all of the United States of America, dare I say the globe, and we were in a 65, 70,000 square foot facility. Now tell me how Pima Community College. And this was where again? Seattle, Washington. Okay. Uh, so why should the people of Tucson, Arizona, be thought of as second class to Seattle, Washington. There's no reason for that. In fact, I have more resources here than I did up in Seattle, Washington, if you can believe that. Uh, but yet, I'm, I'm delivering, you know, best in class in the country, and, and Tucson was, uh, you know, uh, more like Radio Shack. Uh, and, 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 and so I get you. And, and so but that's no longer the case. It just shows you in a short period of time when you have the mindset when, of being and the when best, you got the money and you have the resources to invest got in the that resources uh, mm -hmm. and using it in a way that is focused on being best in class, then. This is what you can do. Well, you're, a, you're a driver, aren't you? I love, I love. I mean, you live for the darn right. thing. Well, Good well, on but you. you. But you know, when you have grown up in other places, you get to see things. Of course you do. You can compare. Yes, and it And matters. if you can't change it or do anything about it, then you know, right, right. you know, instead of moaning about it, try and do something better. Yes. Add to the thing. A right? Absolutely. But that can be taken wrongly, too, if you're a blow-in, you know. If you weren't here 30 years, you're not a local. <laughs> you know that. All right, you've got to be careful with that one. Now, look, we're all suffering. Uh, how has Pima adjusted to COVID-19, and what came from those efforts, do you think? So fortunately for us, pre-pandemic, we, we were already moving down a certain uh, uh, pathway, if you will. Uh, we were already looking at doing more online learning. We were looking at you know, bringing our, uh, our CTE programs to be best in class. We were in a financially healthy position because we took appropriate steps to make sure our budget was sized to our our ability to spend uh, based on what the voters had mm -hmm. given us uh, the parameters for. So we had, all that was already in place before the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, now it accelerated us into what we were already doing. Right. Uh, so all of a sudden you went from 30% online to basically 100% virtual. Uh, but we had built the infrastructure for it. You were geared for it. Uh, and we just didn't want to go that fast, but right. we were accelerated into it, right? And because we were in a financial healthy position going into this, mm -hmm. I have not had to lay off a single employee. 
Uh, I've been able to keep people employed. And I'm thanks to Prop 41, I'm going to continue to be able to keep people employed, provided mm-hmm. that they upskill and reskill, because that's who we need working for us are people who are upskilled and reskilled. Because if we're going to say that for other folks, we have to do it for ourselves too. We have to model that way. And I believe it's important we model the way. So the digital skills being mm-hmm. a big part of that, that automation, mm-hmm. the robotics, et cetera. And you're seeing more of that happening at Pima Community College. And how is Pima responding to workforce needs as our uh, economy recovers from, uh, you know, from the pandemic shutdowns? Uh, so, so let me um, dial it up just uh, uh, for a moment. Uh, so the National Governors Association, in partnership with the American Community College System, uh, uh, got together and formed the Reskilling Recovery Network. So they put out a call to all the states to see who wanted to participate. So fortunately in Arizona, we got together, the community colleges, Arizona Commerce Authority, the governor's office, Office of Economic Opportunity, the workforce system, we all got together and said, we want in. So we submitted a proposal, we were selected. So we're part of this uh, reskilling recovery network. Do you so, know how many applied for that? Uh, so so the, over 20 were selected. Okay. I, I, I don't know how many actually applied. Oh, okay. But 20 okay. were selected. Right. So out of 50 states that could have, you know, there's 20 of us that are, are, are part right. of this. And, and so we're learning best practices across the country as we're building our reskilling recovery plan here. Pima is actively engaged in that and shaping what that's going to look like. And so then more locally... Uh, I uh, through Sun Corridor, um, uh, we're leading a, a similar effort for this community. So probably what I'm hoping is we'll have a draft plan uh, completed by next month, and then we'll go out and pressure test that draft plan mm-hmm. to make sure that we got it right. Uh, that means talking with businesses, talking with other folks, getting lots of feedback to pressure test at the state level and the local level, and then and then then it turn that into an actual operational plan to execute on. So that's where we're headed, and Pima is part of uh, leading that effort. For Very exciting times. Absolutely. Very exciting times. Well, this is Tucson Means Business with your host, Mark Bishop, and my very special guest is the Chancellor of Pima Community College, and uh, Lee. And uh, Mr. Lambert has uh, been kind enough to give us uh, some solid time today. We're going to take a short break from our very loyal sponsor, the 49ers Golf and Country Club, so we can be here, and we're going to be right back. You're listening to Tucson Means Business on Tucson Business Radio X right here, coming out of the Stuart Title Building on Broadway. And, of course, we're proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club, a wonderful course and wonderful club here in Tucson. I have the Director of Memberships and Tournaments, Casey Polivjack. Casey, tournaments are a big thing for a golf club. Uh, Absolutely. Um, We are a semi-private club, which means we have membership available, but we also are open to the public. Um, with being open to the public, we welcome um, nonprofit uh, tournaments, uh, fundraisers. Um, we specialize in groups from four to 144. See, this is an important thing, isn't it, in the community. Uh, companies would love to do something for their staff, something that's different, but they don't want the course to be too hard, and they want it to be friendly. They want the service to be right and the atmosphere to make it a really fun day. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's what you strive to do, isn't it? It's part of your uh, whole job, really. I think that's what we uh, we specialize in is the... 
how am I going to say this? The, the the tournament that's not looking at spending too much money because they're in it to make money for their for their charity. Right. So we offer really good uh, facilities, uh, a great golf course. Um, but I'm going to be honest, it's not the best golf course in Tucson. It's not the nicest facilities, but everything is good out there. And your guests are going to have a good experience because of the value that they're getting for uh, the cost of the tournament. There you go. That's an important factor. It's all very well, you know, wanting to have a great day out for everybody, but if it breaks the bank, then it defeats the whole purpose. Absolutely. And if you're trying to raise funds, which is an integral part, because Tucson seems to be a wonderful place for raising funds, there's so many people who support so many wonderful causes. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of, uh, you know, great causes out there. And, you know, people get, they kind of come to a a fork in the road. you know, you got school sponsorships that, uh, you know, booster clubs. Um, there's so many uh, fundraising uh, facility or uh, possibilities out there that uh, we really have specialized in golf tournaments for people and helping them maximize the amount of money they can make. Mm-hmm. Um, I've put together a, a brochure to help people that have never uh, run a golf tournament that will kind of take them from step one until the you know the day of the event. That's so. very very good. If people uh, from somewhere now maybe they're moving into Tucson with a new business, new company, whatever, how can they get hold of you directly? Uh, you know they can call me directly at five two zero seven four nine four nine two five extensions two one two. But we recommend you go to the the website. Uh, it's a great way to uh, you know get information about the club on uh, not only golf tournaments but membership. That website is. 49ercc.com F-O-R-T-Y-N-I-N-E-R-C-C.com There you go. Casey Bolivchak. He's the Director of Memberships and Tournaments. He's the fellow to speak to. Now back to the show. Okay. Lee, I'd like to ask you this. Is higher education changing? And if so, how is Pima adapting to those changes? And or is the pandemic changing higher education um does that make sense absolutely yeah so before the pandemic higher education was already changing uh but changing more in this incremental way and i'll get to that here shortly i think what the pandemic has done is has accelerated the need to move from an incremental approach to a more uh a more you know hurry up and, and make the transition to a new normal, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, so what, what's driving this? Well, so if you look at uh, what we refer to as the birth dearth, uh, so you know, less folks are having, uh, the fertility rate is, has been dropping and declining in, in the United States for quite some time. So that's one variable in the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other uh, important variable is, you know, we've been graying as a society, so meaning, you know, more and more people now retiring from the workforce. So you bring those two together and mm-hmm. you start to quickly realize, well, where are you going to find your uh, employees of today and tomorrow? Well, if there's less of them coming through the K-12 system mm-hmm. and there's more of them retiring, well, guess what? we got to focus on the folks who are already here in that working age group, that adult learner. So, so we talk about them as, uh, as the working learner and the learning worker. And so that working individual now needs to be reskilled and upskilled because of Industry 4.0, 
And, and I like to talk about the four superpowers. Mm-hmm. Four superpowers aren't four countries. They are AI, mobile technology, global uh, cloud computing, and the Internet of Things. And so when you take those four superpowers with Industry 4.0, right. that focus of the digital world, the physical world, and the biological world all integrating together comes back to my evergreen education. Right. Uh, and now you start to see how all of these are converging mm. and integrating. And, and then you leverage off of that. And that's what's changing higher education. That's why we have to change. We have to accelerate into this change. I, I, I can't uh, uh, train somebody on, on, on a car whose technology is outdated when it's going to become more hybrid and more electrical, yeah. right? I mean, that's just an example of what I'm talking about. And so all individuals, whether you go to the university or whether you're, you're going to go to community college and go directly to work, you mm-hmm. gotta, you got to acquire the digital skills. Uh, you got to, at a minimum, know how to use a mobile phone. <laughs> uh, right? I mean, yeah. uh, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to know how to use it. I'm laughing uh, because uh, uh, the <laughs> finger's pointing right back at me. I mean, I'm still figuring out Facebook, but never mind. Uh, uh, but touching on what you just said, my son, he's uh, he's an assistant manager with Breakmasters. And I, we were talking about, look, the cars are tomorrow, mate. Where, where are you going to go if they're all electrical? Right. What do you need to learn now to be prepared for this? What are you going to do? And it was quite interesting. Right. But you're right about that. So, but how do people determine the value of higher education today? I mean, will the degree continue to be the goal of everyone in college? Uh, I, I think the, the currency, and the currency I think has always been what I'm about to say, it's the skills. The currency has always been about skills. And what we ha- did not have until more recently mm-hmm. is the ability to actually assess and validate that you have the skill. So the degree became that uh, proxy for that skill. Now, thanks to the advances in technology, advances in learning, I can now demonstrate through other methods that I actually have the skill without having to go all the way through and get a bachelor's degree. And the bachelor's degree is no guarantee that I actually have a particular skill or not. And, and so I think that's, that's one of the big changes. Yeah, but the only, the only thing or well, the negative I see about that is uh, you look at all the jobs and uh, there's a couple of things here. Over 50, you're on the dump heap. Not right. Brilliant minds, brilliant careers, brilliant workers, right. uh, a plethora of talent. Uh, handing out brochures at some shopping center, can't get a job. Then on the other end of the scale, Indeed or whoever it is, all these, you know, headhunters, sorry, we're not even going to talk to you unless you've got a bachelor degree. Now, you might have a brain in your head and you've never worked in your life and you couldn't, you know, work in an iron lung, but the reality is you don't have a bachelor's degree. Right, Right. but that's changing. Is it really? Uh, So, you know, you've had these major companies come out and say, you know, we're no longer going to be looking at the bachelor's degree. And in fact, uh, Google has come out and said, if you take these, this program from us, you complete that, we consider that equivalent to a bachelor's degree. You're hearing IBM talk the same way. You're hearing Apple talk the same way. And the list goes on. Uh-huh. So, so, so that's why I come back to the skill. Kill. Uh, right. Right. And, and, uh, and, and so then it's also incumbent upon the Pima Community Colleges of the world to work with HR departments to help them translate that what they were doing before to being able to actually look at the skill itself. And, and so as we do that, you're going to see things really start to shift compl- 
dramatically. Uh, as that learner mm-hmm. starts to be able to demonstrate what he or she can do, this is why a big focus on work-based learning is going to grow in importance. Yeah. So at the end of the day, people want to know that you can actually do something, <laughs> uh, not just talk about something. That's right? it. That's it. Talk is cheap, isn't it? I, yep. I tell you what, I wish all this stuff was around when I was young. <laughs> you know, um, What is the impact of Industry 4.0, otherwise known as the fourth industrial revolution? So uh, We've so, touched on a lot of areas, but... Right. You know, uh, your, your your gut feel about it all. Uh, so can I, uh, let me use another analogy to right. illustrate the point, right? So coming into the uh, 20th century, they uh, they called it manure 1.0. Uh, <laughs> and meaning moving from the horse and buggy to, to, to the car, to right? To lease the car, right. right. And so then you have manure 2.0, which is, you know, the car, Um and now we're looking to transition from that vehicle technology to the electrical technology, which will be manure 3.0. Uh, and so that's what Industry 4.0 is actually enabling, is this ability to move through. But it's happening in these 100-year chunks, if you will. Uh, now, the interesting thing is, will it take 100 years to move that next big evolution of change. And that's that, I think, is going to be accelerated because of Industry 4.0. You're not going to see, you know, these, these long lags in time anymore. You're going to see more of these five-year, ten-year evolutions as we've mm-hmm. seen with mm-hmm. the mobile phone, as an example. We're going what, very, so very fast We're going now, very yeah. fast. But we have to be careful. I mean, do you read a lot of stuff about uh, 5G being extremely negative? Uh, I, I've heard that 5G is can be negative. You yes. know, it's a worry, but we all want it. Yeah. We all need it. Right, right. So what do you do, you know? Um, look, yes. I, I understand you have the only live fire cyberware range at the community college. What is that? What does that mean for Pima? <laughs> We're 6.0 now. <laughs> so, so, again, you know, Industry 4.0 uh, is really accelerating the opportunity for cyber criminals to take advantage of all of us who are connected now mm-hmm. to the internet. Mm-hmm. So in this connected world, there's ever gr- growing demand for cyber professionals. And what's the best way to learn how to be a cyber professional than to actually be in the cyber world? And so a lot of the training programs that are out there are more simulated. So I take you through a simulated experience of a cyber attack. Uh, as an example. Well, it's very serious business. Uh, it's very serious business. But what if you could create an environment where a person who's learning can learn almost in near real time, not in a simulated environment. Oh, that's in, terrific. In a real environment. Hands-on. Hands-on yeah. right. with trained professionals who do this for a living. And now you have the cyber warfare range. Well, yeah. Well, man, I mean, the kids are so lucky. They've come into the world 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, I mean, we never had that. We're in the, of the same ilk. And, right. yes. uh, I mean, we didn't even have computers allowed in the classroom. I'm, I'm sorry, calculators That's allowed correct. in the classroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And now they've got blessed computers and God knows what. And, and, and from a very young age, they're very adept. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time they get to a mature age, their their brains are ready to handle all this stuff you're talking about. Absolutely. They're going to expect it. Well, they are, yeah. And I think that's the other piece of going back to the COVID component. COVID is accelerating the whole educational system into this virtual world. And so as individuals get more comfortable and experienced in that virtual world, 
they're going to see the advantages. And then they're going to come to college expecting that you're building off of that. Uh, and, and what I talk about is we're not in a just a virtual world. We're in a human plus machine world. It's not one versus the other. It's how does the human being, us, work with the machine, you know, the robots and all of that to, to do something collaboratively. And that's where we're ultimately going to have to go if we as humans want to continue to thrive and have a place in this world of work. Hmm. Well, um, so my son, I said to him, let's talk about the future. What? Well, he said to me, what do you think, you know, if a son said to me, what do you think, Dad, of me going to Pima Community? I would ask, well, what is it you think you would want to explore? You know, uh, so I ask you, Chancellor Lambert, what other leading-edge programs can I find there or can he find there? Well, we, we just talked about one. Come and be a cyber patriot. That's one. What else you got? Uh, and, and, and then, or if you, if you want to uh, be a, uh, in, you know, in the people profession, come into our nursing program uh, because we're going to expose you to the human heart in virtual reality or augmented reality. We're not just going to show you it in, in a book or, or in a little model. We're going to show it to you in virtual reality and augmented reality. Oh, they're so lucky learning. I mean, that, you know. And, and, and or what if you, a, what if a wonderful you prefer, way to learn. or if you prefer, you want to come over to our arts program, we're going to take you into our gaming program. You put on those 3D uh, glasses and go into uh, a gaming environment. I mean, that's the cutting edge stuff we're doing at Pima Well, now. I tell you, I've got an interview coming up with uh, something absolutely fantastic called Jump, uh, with the founder of Jump. And, uh, this is amazing. I mean, you've, you've seen these people dive off uh, off cliffs with the wingsuits on right. and so on. I would love to do it, but there's no <laughs> way no one would do it. I mean, I wouldn't even climb Sydney Harbour Bridge, but my wife and son did. <laughs> but the reality is when you can put something on your face yes. and experience the wind and the, 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 the fact that you've got to step off the darn cliff, right. they've got to push you. <laughs> now, away you go. Right. And this is going to be a huge thing. It's called Jump. You'll, you'll get okay, all about I'll it. I'll look forward to it. Oh, it's amazing. But that's that. just one example. That's a, that's a, class, that's a, ex, a great example of you what know. Industry 4.0 is enabling. Chancellor Lee Lambert, what is the role of Pima Adult Education in Tucson's economic recovery? If you look at the 70,000-plus individuals in this community who do not have a high school diploma or a high school equivalency. It's going to be essential that we get those individuals connected into a skills pipeline and then equip them so that they will be able to not only have their the equivalent of that high school diploma, but also to be able to enter into the opportunities that are going to be available in our community. Then you take those uh, nearly uh, 130,000 more individuals who have some college or degree and say, those are adults, and, and we need to get you reskilled and upskilled because you're sitting in these low-wage jobs in our community. And we actually, you know, Raytheon needs you. Caterpillar needs you. Too Simple needs you. You, you get the idea, right? Mm -hmm. We have all yeah. these employers who offer these better-paying job opportunities who need this type of talent. And that talent will need to pass through Pima to get the skills 
to go work for those great uh, uh, employers. And, and so I think we've got to do better by those individuals in this community. What about the future of working from home or contractors versus corporations that are, you know, they, they tend to be going the other way. They don't want to pay the health benefits. They don't want to pay some other things. I mean, being realistic. Right. Um, it, if you're trained anyway out of Pima, right. it's not going to matter, is it? You're going to have the skills. You're still going to be well paid. Uh, it, it might just change how you work for somebody right. in the uh, future. And what we're going to see is just a, a phenomenal transformation of opportunity, whether it's working remotely, whether you're at home or wherever you might decide mm-hmm. if you want to go to Hawaii and you want to work from you know, the beach there. Well, <laughs> so be it, right? Uh, because the technology and a lot of the jobs are going to allow you to do that. Think about this. You can go, be a, go through a welding program. And learn how to weld remotely because, because thanks to the technology, I could do a weld a thousand miles away uh, or even further. <laughs> sounds ridiculous. Right? It sounds ridiculous, right? But think about the person who has the ability to, to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's Their terrific. value in the marketplace will be phenomenal. What about uh, on the sea, too? The right. very dangerous yes. jobs, you know? And then underwater welding, I mean, that pays you Huge. know phenomenally well, right? I would uh, And maybe if you could send a robot down there and you're controlling it from, you know, your comfort of your home, uh, that would be phenomenal. Too. I mean, the world is just exciting if you want to see it that way. And that's how I choose to see it. It's yes. exciting. Um, before we go, Chancellor, tell us about your new partnership that allows students to start at Pima and earn an associate degree, then a bachelor's degree in business management from Catholic U. Now, this is without leaving Tucson, and I believe the college welcomed the very first uh, cohort of students this fall semester. That's correct. So, so you know, one of the things, as you we were talking earlier about what's going to happen to higher education, I think these partnerships between four-year institutions and two-year st- institutions, building off of the degrees that are of, of significance in a community like business, mm-hmm. uh, and also bringing the, bending the cost curve, because that's what it does for Catholic U. You know, you go to Catholic U, you know, you, you're basically taking out a mortgage, but if you, Catholic U partners with a Pima Community College, all of a sudden you're bringing that cost down significantly, right. and the student can stay here versus having to go to Washington D.C., which has its own cost uh, uh, pieces, and 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 then into a high demand area of need because you know one of the uh, areas of uh, of interest of students is the business field, and there's different aspects to that. And so, so we're just bringing more opportunity here. So, you know, you have the University of Arizona. Now we're going to have Catholic University. We're looking at building other partnerships like that mm-hmm. uh, because students should have options. And we're in a position to help attract and provide options for those individuals who want to go on for their bachelor's degree and beyond. So you've done well with Ducey this particular time. Is your uh, relationship, do you feel, with, you know, future governors going to be as strong? Uh, the key is is building a relationship. And building a relationship is, you know, going out there, getting to know each other, finding what's important to to the other person, letting the other person know what's important to you, finding the common ground. I think when you take that approach, it won't matter who happens to be in the governor house. Right, uh, right. And that's that's the approach we're bringing. We're 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 not it Republicans or Democrats. Anyway. Yeah. We we are here to solve the community's problem. That's why I go back to something I said earlier. 
we're here for, the state created us for a purpose, and that's to meet the needs of our respective communities. And one of those big needs are training people for opportunity. And, and that's, that's, that's not a political thing. That is a reality for all of us, uh, for our communities, health, safety, and welfare. We the people. Yeah, we the people. Last but certainly not least, Pima is honored to have been selected by the Bank of America. Yes. To receive a million smackaroos as part of BOA's jobs initiative. Share that with us, Lee, before you go. Uh, I mean, this is exciting, right, uh, that, that Bank of America selected Pima Community College, the city of Tucson, uh, as one of the areas that they want to invest in. When you think about where they're making their investments, it's usually not in a, a smaller community like uh, Tucson. Mm. And so how did we do this? We did this by building relationships with our Bank of America partners here in the community. I, I, I get a you know great chance to work with Adriana Kong Romero, uh, 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 Lacey Perry, and others, and, and sharing what what is important to Bank of America, what's important to this community. They want to address the needs of this community. They really want to address the low income, the disadvantage, uh, the uh, Latinx community, the African-American community needs. They know we have to do better to reskill and upskill those. Mm -hmm. And fi finding the right partner, Pima Community College, to be able to do that. And our focus on uh, uh, on IT, cybersecurity, our, our uh, 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 healthcare and manufa uh, advanced manufacturing, those kinds of things, and then looking at that short-term micro pathway. Mm -hmm. So I get you in, get you what you need, get you out, as opposed to making you sit for two, three, four, five, six years. So when you pull all that together, here we are mm -hmm. with Bank of America. And so we're so excited about the fact that they've identified us, but it goes back to that relationship building mm -hmm. and being responsive. And, and so we're punching above our weight class here in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, good on you. And you've done a marvelous job. Is there awards for top chancellors around the country? <laughs> I think you'd have to be up there, wouldn't you? We'll vote for you, mate. <laughs> well, thank you've you. You've done a good job. So, thank you. ladies and gentlemen, grandmas and grandpops and little bubbas, you know where to go, www.pima.edu, right? That's the actual website, www.pima.edu. Um, there's the LinkedIn URL as well. Their Facebook. That's a heck of a busy site, that Facebook. I think you've got 13,000 followers or something. It's huge. <laughs> uh, colorful. I guess the students are involved with that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Way. And well, I haven't touched on, but I just want to say thank you to your staff who organized and, and, and helped me to get you and so on. They did a marvelous yeah. job. And thank you for reaching out to us. And, uh, well, I think you've got a great story to tell. And this thank is you. what I try to do with Tucson Means Business. We try to promote local business in Tucson. Uh, on this network, and you know, we normally don't touch politics or religion or sport, right. but we're we're into business. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, a lot of know, media uh, leans uh, left uh, or right, uh, Lee. You know, uh, we no, lean absolutely. business. <laughs> and I, I might take exception on the sports front, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, if you've got something to tell us, we'll talk about. Uh, yeah, it. I'm a Seahawk fan, but uh, there you, you know, <laughs> well, you know, we'll forgive you, mate. You know. It's an interesting time, isn't it? Though, I mean, yes. what's happening with sports? And now the yes. high schools have just been pulled off. Uh, now. I know it's, it's so sad. It is sad. You know. Um, I mean, it's part of our culture. It's part of our everyday living, isn't it? It's excitement and look yes. forward to the weekend and uh, alumni and, and, and this and it's, that. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Even having the blessed, uh, what's it called, at the back of the tailgate. 
tailgate parties. Having one of them. I mean, you know, just that is so simple. It brings people together. It brings people together, you know. That's what it's about in the end of the day, us coming together. Absolutely fabulous. Well, Chancellor Lee Lambert, I'm so grateful that you gave us some time on Tucson Business Radio X and on uh, Tucson Means Business. Thank you for your time Thank you, Mark, for having me. And good luck and God bless with FEMA Community College. Well, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving.